Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? I am on the road to Anaheim. Yes, you are. I have seen the, I saw the first video. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Very well done and fun to be getting excited about California. Was it nice and warm when you filmed that? It's just, you know, mid sixties or whatever. Yeah. So got a little, got a, the second day we filmed. So that was shot on the first day. Second day we were filmed. We were outside all day. I got a little pink on the noggin. Got to admit. Um, well, got a little sun, not too bad, but you know, that's why you're supposed to use sunscreen. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I should have. So, but that would have made me glisten and then it would have been shiny in the camera. Fair, fair enough. These are things you have to think about. So. Yes. Yes. I mean, nobody likes a sheen, you know? Right. Right. Not, that's not something I have to worry about. So. All right. So fo folks probably wonder, like, what are you talking about? So the road to Anaheim, our web series leading up to the SBC annual meeting in June in Anaheim, California. So that just launched today, the day we're recording this here on Friday, January the 28th. And uh, it will run for the next 19 weeks. So 20 weeks total. Every Tuesday, those will launch. So we got this one up. Uh, there's been a little bit of stuff going on at the EC this week, folks. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but uh, I got a little just too busy to be able to get it up. We, we also just shot them like last week, I think. Was it last week I was out there? I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah, last week. So we're, we're turning these things around as quick as we can. So Chris Chapman did all the editing and everything and uh, got a great, great set of guests coming on the road to Anaheim, including the one and only Amy Whitfield. Yeah, I think we've got a plan for a couple of episodes you want to yeah, grab. Yeah, two episodes. You're going to talk. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to tell everybody how to be good, informed, and prepared messengers. In, in just a few short minutes, I'm going to tell them that. Yep, yep. Because you're awesome and you can do that. Oh, man. I'm going to have to come up with, with that. I feel like I'm going to end up leaving something out. So, I'll probably but, so. Yeah. That's what but the I'll, podcast I'll, is I'll for. I'll make the notes. There you Each go. Each and every week. If, if people That's just right. listen to the podcast every week, they'd be informed messengers, right? Yes. Yes. And many of you do, and we appreciate that. So, uh, yeah. So, Road to Anaheim, it's over at spcannualmeeting.net. You'll see the, the intro video, kind of the, just the opener here. Here's what's coming, basically. And uh, next week, it'll be out on Tuesday, because on Tuesday, I'll be talking about messenger pre-registration and childcare registration, which open on Tuesday. I can't believe it is here already. Time has just flown. It still feels like yesterday that we were coming back we were coming home from Nashville or I guess you were already home but I was headed home from Nashville and now it's already time for messenger registration yeah. for Anaheim. Almost didn't make it home by the way from Anaheim yeah. from Nashville. That's right. That's I had to right. take a nap in my office before I drove yeah. home because I was afraid I was going to fall asleep on the way to the house. Yeah, I remember that. That was rough. The good thing is once registration opens, there's there's definitely time. Usually you get like a kind of a burst at the beginning. Lots yeah. of people registering at the beginning, but it continues to be open. This isn't like hotel registration where if you're, you, know, you have to sit on it that morning or you may not get, you know, a room well, in the hotel you want. Childcare registration though. That's a well, little different. That's true. That's not, so, I've not messenger really. Messenger registration is open all the way through. No big deal. So you can register whenever we encourage you to register early and make sure you get right. it done and all that. Plans. Yeah. So, yeah. Just make plans. All right. So we're trying to plan too. So childcare registration though, that is going to sell out quickly. Because I know a lot of people are bringing their kids because Disneyland's right. right around the corner. So yeah. if you are planning on having any kids in childcare, in Giant Cow, or in Youth on Mission, 
you need to sign them up next week. Period. Get it yeah, in. You do need to get, get it in. set. That way you don't have to worry about it. And I and that's not been something because m- for most of the years that we've come, we did have our kids in childcare one year, but most of the years that we've come, they were either old enough that they didn't, or they would just kind of come around with us or or whatever. So uh, that's but that's something you got to jump on. Yeah. So that all goes February first, Tuesday, eight a.m at sbcannualmeeting.net. You can check it out over there. Watch the Road to Anaheim video as well. It's available on Twitter and Facebook too. We got that out there. So, But if you're coming and you need child care, Giant Cow, which is the kids' experience, and Youth on Mission. So if you need those, it's K, or I mean, it's like birth all the way to like 12th grade. So you know, if you want any type of child care, you need to sign up now, get that squared away. That way you don't miss out because that's the one thing that I think we always hear about where people are missing out. The other thing, Amy, also opened, and I think on Monday, and I'll, I'll try to find the link and tweet this out, but the women's luncheon, the uh, Minister Wives luncheon on that mm-hmm. Tuesday is also, I think, opening on Tuesday. So Yeah, and that's usually something you got to kind of jump on. Jump right? on that people, one quick. Yeah. yeah, people really have to jump on that because those that typically sells out. So yep. um, for sure, All do right. that. So housekeeping taken care of, We're, let's move into the show here. Thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. All the upheaval and disruption over the past two years have left many asking, what does ministry look like now? The Ministry Now Conference will answer this question on March 22nd to 24th. Experienced ministry leaders from across the nation will gather at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas to explore how God's churches can thrive in this ever-changing ministry context. Founded on an unyielding commitment to biblical truth built by expert practitioners and designed to encourage and equip God's people in every area of ministry, this gathering will empower you to live your calling wherever you serve God. So join them in Fort Worth, Texas on March 22nd to 24th and reserve your tickets now at swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. That's swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. All right, Amy, we start at the executive committee where I mentioned that uh, kind of a busy week this week. And uh, sad, sad news here. Jeff Pearson is leaving as CFO. Man, this was sad when this broke this week. Um, Tell I, me about I, it. I, just, I was had my head in my hands in my office. I was I was oh, I was so distraught. I hated to see it. I had I was sad when I left uh, in June and I had to go say goodbye to Jeff. Man, Jeff Pearson has been the CFO for a pretty short time. I mean, he how how long? A year and a half? 15 months. 15 months. Okay. Okay. 15 months. But my goodness, what an incredible leader and incredible man he is. And I just it was a real honor to work with him Absolutely. in the the time that I did. And so to see that, I thought this is one of those things that a lot of folks don't haven't didn't get to meet Jeff, so they don't know how big of a hit this is uh, or how wh- how much you know he will be missed. But trust me, folks, uh, Jeff is just he's just a, a great man. Working with him obviously was short lived for me. But his impact will be forever because I learned so much from him. So uh, I am so sad to see him leaving, uh, but we will miss him greatly and uh, wish him all the best. I, I don't know if Jeff listens to the podcast, but if you do, Jeff, thank you for your service to Southern Baptists. And uh, I, I'm going to miss you a lot, man. Yeah. And and a lot of folks, we may have talked about when he came on, but Jeff's background was with uh, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. He served there 24 years um, 15 years as a CFO. So he's got quite a history 
in his profession and just as a, a strong leader in, in some really important spaces. So, yeah. uh, Good, I've never had man. a coworker make me cry more than Jeff Pearson. He can, uh, yeah. He would tell he, St. Jude stories, and it's like, man, right. that is not fair. Right? That is not yeah. fair. Don't do that to me, man. Yeah, it was it was incredible. Anytime he'd give an example from something in the past, if it would if it involved something that happened with the kids there, you would you'd sit there and start tearing up and think, what are we even doing? You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man! But but also can tell funny stories and just just a very just a good good person, good churchman and uh, wish him all the best. Yeah. Yeah. So sad to see him go. Also leaving Hannibal LaGrange uh, looking for a new president, Amy. Anthony Allen, who has been president there for nine years at Hannibal LaGrange. Actually, he was at Southeastern as an administrator for years here. You know, obviously he's been at Hannibal LaGrange for nine years. He had been gone, you know, from Southeastern, but I have, I've met him at some events here and at the Southern Baptist Convention, and so uh, he had had worked in institutional advancement. So he uh, he announced he would resign. Um, says my love for HLGU, its students, faculty, and staff has been and will always be strong. I wish the university the very best and remain committed to help it succeed in any way possible. Uh, Robert Matz, dean of the faculty, will be acting president. So that's effective next week on January thirty first. Yep. Some good news down at Southwestern. Juan Sanchez headed on faculty. Yeah, this is a big score. Associate professor of theology um, at Southwestern. He will continue to be senior pastor of High Point Baptist Church in Austin. So he's not moving and relocating to campus, but he will be able to come on faculty. Um, He's going to be in the School of Theology. He's also going to teach in Hispanic programs. um, And he's just going to be a great, you know, pastor theologian there. Uh, There's quite a bit. It's quite a deep bench in in Texas. So really exciting. And uh, he's... uh, Juan Sanchez has been served in a number of places. He's a past president of the Southern Baptist of Texas convention. He's going to be delivering the convention sermon at the annual meeting in Anaheim. Um, So pretty, pretty exciting stuff. And uh, I'm a big fan of Janine Sanchez, his, his wife, Um, going back to the days we were all at Southern seminary together. And I was, I was young, like, and she did some like a presentation one time for the for a lot of the um, seminary wives and things. Um, but through the years, I finally actually got to meet her in person at TGC a few years back. And I was like, I remember you and, and stuff. So so big fan of Juan and Janine Sanchez and excited for them and Southwestern. Yeah, looking forward to hearing Juan at the annual meeting this year in Anaheim and a good friend of the pod and former guest on SBC this week from the early days. You remember that? I do remember that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So interviewed him, I think in Columbus in like a hotel hallway or whatever. And I uh, got an interview here. And uh, yeah. so Juan's a good friend. Seen him uh, recently. Uh, he was at Midwestern, spoke at Midwestern uh, when I was up there for the For the Church Conference just a few months ago. So Very good cool. to have Juan on board at Southwestern. Yeah, one more piece of trivia. Juan's one of the first, like a lot of the Southern Baptist leaders that are out there. He's one of the first ones I ever met because when I came in working at Southern Seminary, knew no one. 
um, I was, I worked in the, the PhD office in THM and he was a THM student at the time. Then I think went on to, to do his PhD and he was one of the students that I had to like process paperwork and stuff. And so he's one of the, the folks out there, the leaders out there that I've known uh, the longest and just a good, good guy. Over to Lifeway, Amy, the trustees at Lifeway Christian Resources met via Zoom this week because of uh, COVID concerns and elected some new officers. Yeah, including somebody I know. So they elected uh, Greg Kennedy from Oklahoma. Um, he's president of a trucking company there, Lou Greg Trucking, and he's a member of First Baptist Church in Kingfisher. He's the chairman. Missy Branch, good friend of the pod and yeah. great friend of mine. Yeah, uh, she is the assistant dean of students to women and director of graduate life at Southeastern here in Raleigh and is a, a member of Imago Day Church. She's the vice chairman. So, uh, and then Ben Posey from First Baptist Church, he's a pastor there in Leroy, Alabama. Uh, he was, he's the recording secretary. So that, that was really cool. And it seems like they had a, a really good meeting, had a lot of great announcements, good financial update, things like that. On the financial side, they ended their fiscal year $4 million better than they had budgeted. So uh, budgeted 210 came in $4 million better than that. And funds provided by operations was $12 million better than they had budgeted. So uh, that, that's a, a good one. And they're they're doing well into the new year. They're above budget in revenue by 1.5% and above last year's revenue by 2.7% through the first quarter. And, you know, the rebound in the curriculum sales, they're above 17% over last year because uh, people, you know, churches are meeting again for small groups and stuff, uh, unlike last year. So uh, things are really rolling. Also announced that they had 88,000 kids last year at camp in the summer. That's that's a lot of kids, 88,000 teens at camp. And they gave $445,000 to missions, which was presented you know, at the EC meeting uh, last year in the, in the fall. So uh, really exciting totals there. And uh, you know, Lifeway continuing to be strong, kind of rebounding from the financial struggles that uh, COVID-19 put on them and, and many other companies. So a uh, good report from our Lifeway trustees. And a local news story here, Amy. Governor Bill Lee here in Tennessee joined the ERLC staff down in Murfreesboro to dedicate a pair of Crisis Pregnancy Center ultrasound machines. Yeah, that's really exciting. So that's part of the Psalm 139 project. We've talked about that before on uh, on the podcast about that, where they get ultrasound machines in pregnancy care centers. But pretty cool that Governor Lee could be a part of it. Yeah, they, the Psalm 139 project received a grant of $182,900 from the state of Tennessee to place seven ultrasound machines at pro-life pregnancy centers in the state. So pretty exciting and a great partnership there from the ERLC and the state of Tennessee and Governor Bill Lee's office. So Amy, for all your heating and air needs, contact Lee Company. Nice. For Very those nice. of you not from Tennessee, you won't get that joke. But uh, yeah, Lee Company is the big a big heating and air company here. Yes, that's Bill Lee. That's his company. So right. yeah. Anyway, all right. Short news week again this week. Some big news. Some sad news. Uh, but that's going to do it for our news this week and bring me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. I want to go to a story that I found that ran in 1988 in the January 28th issue of Baptist Press. So I'll put the link in the show notes. You got to go there. It's the last story. And it's about a speaker at the Texas Baptist Evangelism Conference that was being held in Fort Worth's Tarrant County Convention Center. And her name was Mabel Adams of Glen Rose, Texas. 
She had just completed the Master Life Evangelism training at age 98 and had led had recently led a teenager to faith in Christ while studying evangelism explosion through her church, First Baptist Church of Glen Rose. And this I mean, this article is great. It just tell, it really tells the story of her, just of her speaking, um, says her, her pastor invited her to join Master Life, uh, said about two years ago. And she said, so I guess that would be age 96. She said, oh, I, at my age, I have trouble memorizing scripture, but said she memorized every scripture, did really well. And for those of you who have done Master Life or know about Master Life, uh, I've, I've never done it, but I've, I know a lot about the curriculum. It is not easy um, in terms of the kind of the work that well, you, it's not you called put into easy it. life, Amy. It's called Master That's Life. That's right. It's called Master Life. Well, here, uh, Mabel Adams went through it, memorized every scripture at 96. None of us have any excuse. So then she finishes Master Life and she goes into the Evangelism Explosion Seminar and goes out with women to do evangelism visitation stops at a house and some teenage girls were having a slumber party. She shares the message of salvation and a girl of 13 years old prayed to receive Christ. She said, um, and this is the best sentence in here. That made me very happy, said Adams, who recalls as though it were yesterday, her own conversion experience in 1898 at the age of nine. I was like, this is just amazing. So it said that her family had moved to Plainview in 1891, that she's recalled the windmills and dugouts and cattle and sandstorms and blizzards, as well as the itinerant evangelist that would come to conduct services in the one room white frame church, which I'm like picturing the church on Little House on the Prairie. And it said that her, a preacher said when she was nine, uh, something that led her to accept Christ. She said, I was just a child, but I wanted God in my heart. Mother sent me to gather gooseberries and I was talking to the Lord. And I said, I, Lord, I want you to live in my heart. And he came right into my heart. Um, she, she went to Baylor university, attended a small woman's college. And then she met her husband, Ernest Bull Adams was his name, Bull Adams, uh, who was apparently a great football player. And then uh, they ended up moving to, they moved to Glen Rose in 1915 after they got married. And, um, and so this, just this whole story is really incredible. Um, And then she just, she wanted to, to go and do these courses. She said, I didn't see why people as they grow older, don't do something like this because it stimulates the mind. So we grow old in mind before we grow old in our bodies. And she just want, wanted to be a part of it. So uh, said that um, she loved giving her testimony at the conference, but she said, it shall be the Lord's doing. It shall not be mine. And I was just inspired by reading that story. Sometimes we give, you know, really lighthearted things. Sometimes I give uh, kind of major history moments in the SBC. I was touched by this uh, just to see this woman of 98 still out there evangelizing, man, I got no excuse. So, uh, so really cool. This is something that we love to talk about at a lot of our events. Uh, But Mabel Adams, she was talking about it um, this week in SBC history uh, about how we should witness to those we see. All right. Very cool. Awesome. All right. I mean, just like 1898, that's, that may be the first uh, mention of someone who came to Christ in the 19th century here on the podcast. 
Well, and here's the thing. What I can't get over is thinking about her sharing her testimony. And at this event where she's sharing it, it's in 88. I mean, I'm 12 years old at that point. So like this is, you know, in our lifetime. And she's up there sharing her testimony about how she's just been witnessing to someone, bringing someone to Christ. And she's like, it reminded me of when I came to Christ in 1898. <laughs> like that just got, that just blew my mind. Back before so. the Great War. Right, and, right. And the Panama Canal. and Yeah. Wow. And imagine the stuff that things. she saw in her life. So she lived in the 1890s. So she saw yeah. the advent and the, the kind of the inception and the advent and the the acceptance of Cars the automobile and, yeah and of you know the basically the tail end of the industrial revolution all that that went on and you know two world wars as well as the uh korean war vietnam uh she saw baseball like become a thing football become a thing basketball become like all these sports that didn't exist when she was born or existed in very primitive forms become a thing and, you know, all the way from barely having electricity to now having computers and, you know, 1988, well, that you don't get smartphones or cell phones. You kind of have cell phones in 98 or in 88, right? Yeah. So, I mean, wow, that's amazing. Pretty cool. What a life. What a life. What a life. All right. Yeah. Thanks for that, Amy. That'll bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is... Yeah. Okay. So mine is a book that actually is one that I used. Uh, I've taught American government here at the college at Southeastern and I've used it in that it's called the Supreme's greatest hits. And this is on my mind because Diana Ross. Honestly, yeah, not that, not those Supremes. Um, ah. So this is, yeah, this is on the brain because of the new, big news this week of a Supreme court justice, uh, justice Stephen Breyer retiring. And so obviously that's on everyone's minds. Well, this, this book is really interesting. It's uh, the 44 Supreme Court cases that most directly affect your life. Wow. And the the book is pretty well done. I mean, certainly you might, there are maybe some spaces where you can kind of see uh, the sort of the direction that the author might go on something and it could, you know, could be different. But for the most part, it's like obviously some things like Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, big Brown ones versus that Board we, of Education. Yeah, that we know. But also like some, you know, ones about like the right to be represented by counsel when charged with a crime. Gideon versus Miranda. Wayne, Wainwright. Yeah, Miranda, like th things like that. Um, and it's it's helpful because it gives kind of an overview of the cases and then some of the argue, you know, the arguments that were being done and then how the opinions got shaped and then what that meant moving forward. And it starts to show sort of the, the role that the Supreme court plays. Obviously every, every year there's like a huge, you know, docket, there's tons of, of cases, but this is one that I've used to help the students really understand the role of the court. So if you are like me and you're a SCOTUS nerd, nerd like me and Trevin Wax, and I got lots of other books that I have read about the Supreme Court, uh, but that's that's a really helpful one. Um, there's a lot of great stuff out there, though, about the justices themselves or uh, kind of stories in the life of the shaping of the court and uh there's no no end to it but if you're if you're a court watcher like me i, th I think that's a good one. all right so, the supreme court not just a court with sour cream and tomatoes and here's the thing i want to i, I want to encourage everybody nothing yeah for that. i heard yeah i heard i got it 
um the uh I, I saw it i was like what supreme okay fine um i always like to encourage everybody it's easy to go down the road and get into kind of the politics of the moment um but don't miss the process don't miss the whole the process of how you know the retirement happens and then how the nomination and the the hearings and and things it, this is something that we've been doing for centuries now and uh it's I, I find it a fascinating thing. I've been watching Supreme Court confirmation hearings since I was a sophomore in high school. So, All right. My resource of the week is a new book released on Tuesday by a good friend of the pod, Chris Martin. It's called Terms of Service, How uh, the Real Cost of Social Media. So, you know, many of you, I, I'm obviously probably involved in social media, have social media accounts. And Chris's book really looks at social media and how... It has come to dominate the role that the internet plays in our life, how it affects us in ways that we may not realize, and how to equip one another to push back against the hold the internet has on your mind and your heart. Uh, that, that last one, quite important as well. So uh, yes. a really great book from B&H and Chris Martin. Highly recommend it. Uh, Chris is a good friend. Had lunch with him recently and um, excited about the new book as well. So check it out. Terms of Service by Chris Martin. And uh, if you're so, real big on social media, I i mean, this is like a must-have if you're a, a social media yeah, person. I have, I actually bought four copies of this, of that book, wow. to get here this week. And wow. then sent a message in our family text On behalf thread. of Chris, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I sent I sent a message in our family, in our group text, because, you know, we're, we're trying to get our kids ready for college. And... Um, I sent it, and I rarely do this where I get everybody a copy, but I said, uh, I got four copies coming. We're all going to have our own copy. Everybody's going to read this before before anybody goes away to college. So uh, this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a Whitfield household resource. And uh, I'm and I haven't seen any like, you know, pre-published copies or anything like that. Um, so I'm counting on you, Chris. I'm just going off of what I know of your character and of your wisdom that uh, this is what our this this is what our kids, our family needs. I really appreciate his words on on this topic. Yeah. So w- there's actually an excerpt at Baptist Press that was published on Friday the 28th, the day we were recording this. So I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. We put an excerpt in Baptist Press as a first person. So a really, really good book from Chris Martin. Do check that out. Links in the show notes. And uh, just go to Amazon and look up Terms of Service, but not the Amazon Terms of Service. So, And it's Chris Martin, not the Chris Martin from Coldplay. Or the Chris. Isn't there, like an, isn't there a, a uh, ball pitcher. player or something? He was with the Reds at one point. I'm not sure where he is now. Yeah. But yeah. Speaking of online stuff, Amy, did you get all your wordles right this week? I did. Okay, good. And I got a three. I got a three. I got a two this week and a three. Uh, That was impressive. A two is almost like you just have to have guessed right for the first or you just get like a wild guess on the second. Yeah, the the word was sugar and my first guess was grasp. So I had everything but the U and it was pretty simple after that. So yeah, boom. There you go. Playing it right. Still undefeated, by the way. We'll see what happens next week. All right, week. so here's a question that I'm seeing people bounce around, and we've right. talked about this offline. Do you do you put the same word in? No. Every You do a different no. word every... I, I used to. So I used to do that, and what that was leading to was fives and sixes because you're just basically, you're, you're playing the percentages instead of playing it to, to win. And so I have started thinking through words that are both common 
have common letters in them, but could be the answer. And I've, I've had a lot more success with that. Interesting. Like, like the other day when I started with grasp, you've got an R and A and an S and a P in it. And there just happened to be a G, which happened to be part of it. So you're kind of a, you're, you know, had the word that day been Noel, I would have been up a creek, but I got it right. right. So, I mean, I, I just guessed right, you know, just right. had a feeling. So I have four, I think it's four uh, words, maybe three. I, stare, tears, rates, and taser. But those are the same. Those are all the same. Right. But I, but it moves the, moves the, the order around the words around so yeah can... but but you're the using the same letters yeah but it's so a, no e, it, but it's a and e and rst those are like some of the most common i'm well aware <laughs> you play the letters you, that spell tears you're a you're a will fortune fan that's what they always they do an e they do rst and rst L and e yeah, yeah those are those are your common letters so that's what i do but i i think that's it you know People are but, always tweaking their strategy. Most of the words that are the answers don't always don't contain but more than one you're, or two of those. You're right. So I also think, and this is something to remember too, and a lot of it is that this, the guy who started this and who runs it, the UK. he's in the UK, which yes. means words like null and Abbey, which are not quite as common here. They, they're going to, you know. So that's also where my, my English soccer that I watch the English Premier League, see it helps. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting on one of them to, to be Lori, and all the people in yeah. America going, "What is a Lori? What does that mean? Five yeah. letters, L O R Y. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Lori. I'm waiting on that word to be one. Basically, a, lo- a Lori in the UK is we'd call it a big rig or an eighteen wheeler here. It's yeah that, that that's a Lori. and I'm waiting on that to be the word one day, and all the U- American people to lose their Ever loving minds, yeah, and like, being what really, is that? Uh, I've never heard of that. Yeah. But listeners of this podcast, they might guess it now. Yeah, L-O-R-R-Y. the Anglophiles in the audience will know. That's these right. That's things. right. Yeah. You know, God save the queen. All right. Before we go, cranberry pumpkin seed biscotti is that the product of the, the month? Bake, the product of the month. Okay. Yeah, Sweet Thirty One Baking Company cranberry pumpkin go. seed biscotti. It's, How good does that sound? It's been a little while since we've included that so well it's only monthly so it's the product of the month amy so it's been since december and now it's yeah. january so there you I, go. apologies to the folks at sweet 31 baking company for forgetting until the the last episode of the month but uh yeah on that note amy i'll see you next week see you next week <laughs>